You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I am your host, Kane Pittman, joined by the founder of Brewhoof.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. And uh, I'll say Merry Christmas to you, Frank, but uh, for Bucks fans, perhaps not the merriest of Christmases on the court because this game never really had a chance to even get close or fun. And uh, Giannis was kind of uh, shut down early and the Sixers all of a sudden turned into the prime Golden State Warriors and couldn't miss from three. Yeah, the Bucks have been lavishing us with gifts all, all year. <laughs> uh, and unfortunately, on Christmas Day, they delivered a, a stocking full of coal, I guess. But uh, yeah, it was just... Uh, I mean, you know, the first quarter wasn't, wasn't a... Didn't feel like a disaster, disaster for the most yeah. part, you know? like um, And early in the second quarter, I think Giannis got up to... I think 10 points on four out of 10 shooting. And then um, that's really where things kind of went south. And, you know, ultimately I think the story of this game is, you know, the Sixers best player was way better than the Bucks best player. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because then we've seen, you know, Embiid, I think play very good one-on-one defense against Giannis in the last two games in which he scored 97 points as well. Um, But the difference in this game was Bucks never really, kind of got Giannis squared up against other guys. Obviously having Horford as your backup center helps, you know, as far as, um, you know, making it, making it harder to find preferential uh, matchups for, for Giannis. And, you know, I mean, he goes 0 for 7 from 3. He hit, you know, in the, the previous couple of games, he actually hit some threes. And even with, obviously, the improved shooting this year, um, that was nowhere to be found today. As, you know, as the game went on, they just increasingly just dared him to shoot wide open threes and, you know, this was, um, you know, unfortunately the bad version, bad vintage of Giannis, uh, just not, not having anything from out deep. So I, I don't know what is, uh, what was he at 23, 24 straight games of the three that yeah. ends with thud. And unfortunately Giannis, I mean, typically has obviously been a guy that seems to rise to the occasion, you know, Lakers bucks game being kind of the classic example, but, um, you know, this, this probably his worst offensive performance of the year. Um, and just, uh, you know, he just wasn't good and, and just really didn't deliver. And, and obviously, um, you know, I think otherwise you look at offensively, uh, you know, the Bucks get 31 from Middleton. They had another good shooting night from George Hill who had six out of seven for 15 points. Um, you, you know, it, it's, you, you kind of look at the box score and I think maybe the game was obviously probably shouldn't have been as big a blowout as it was, you know, in the third quarter going into the fourth um, with just the six hitting lots of threes. And then the Bucks sort of scratched their way back into it late. So, you know, I don't think it was maybe as close to either as as the final score indicated, at least in terms of the way <laughs> the way the way it felt. Um, but uh, you know, ultimately, um, you know, this game was decided by the two teams' best players. And normally, you like your odds with the with the with the Bucks when a game is going to be decided by the team's best two players. But tonight, uh, Joel Embiid just dramatically outplaying Giannis, and um, you know, 
uh, obviously a, a, a very humbling loss for a Bucks team that has not been used to facing, you know, anything like the deficits that, that they saw tonight. I mean, a lot of discussion during the game about this, you know, Bucks haven't seen deficits like this in what, over a year or whatever it might be. Yeah, I mean, it's a strange box score to look at, particularly from what we're used to seeing from this Milwaukee Bucks team. And if you take uh, Giannis's shooting out, so he finishes 8 for 27. Uh, you mentioned the struggles from the three-point line where he was 0 for 7, but uh, even 8 for 20 from him from two-point uh, yeah, range really is bad. it's really strange. And uh, I think that a lot of this credit does need to go to Embiid. I mean, we talk about, um, or we have spoke about, and everyone spoke about this Sixers sort of trio of, uh, not only Embiid and Simmons, who who we know are elite defenders and and uh, have at times worked together to try and slow down Giannis, but now they add in Al Horford. But tonight, I think the bulk of the credit has to go to Joel Embiid. And it was interesting. We spoke uh, before this game about the possibility or or the trend that we've been seeing with teams going a little bit smaller on Giannis and looking for that quickness on the first step and then relying on the big guys to to help. Uh, the difference with Embiid is if he goes out in the perimeter, as you spoke about, he was daring him to shoot. And if Giannis was able to hit a couple of those threes, then that's why that becomes so important because then uh, Embiid has to respect him out in the perimeter. And maybe Giannis can can get that step on him. But uh, we've spoke about Giannis not having, uh, if he doesn't have that momentum and, and going downhill. And Embiid is one of those guys where if they're pretty much uh, sort of standing face to face, Embiid is so big that Giannis is never really able to get that momentum going downhill in a half-court setting. And I thought tonight that he had a lot of shots that you would take for Giannis. And yeah, he, he hasn't really fully incorporated that little hook shot into his game yet and, and, and a variety of other post moves. But he still got a lot of good looks that just did not go for him. And it was really strange to see uh, how off he was, particularly in the first half where he was 4 for 14. And then it looked like after that frustration sort of took over a little bit. But uh, outside of that, as you pointed to, the interesting thing is, I mean, the Bucks shoot 47% from the field, 45 for 95. If you take the, the Giannis numbers out, uh, they're 37 for 68. So <laughs> a pretty efficient scoring night for everyone outside of Giannis. But of course, as we know, uh, Giannis, against the elite teams, Giannis needs to play well for the Bucks to win. That's just the way it is. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we again saw, I think, you know, the Sixers made some headway late in the first when the Bucks went to their checking line, which yeah, know, exactly. many of us are not a fan of. Um, so the Bucks, I think some of their, uh, you know, so I think when you look at, um, you know, the end of that first quarter, 38 to 30, it started to get away from them at that point, Philly hitting some shots late. I, I think they were not able to get Giannis back into the game. He was waiting at the scorer's table. And, you know, again, I, I'm not going to say the checking line is at fault, entirely for Philly hitting, you know, jump shots the way they were tonight. I mean, they, they hit tie a, a franchise record of 21 threes hit out of 44, which ultimately when you look at this game, I mean, that that's obviously really the difference. Bucks were plus 20 in the paint. You pointed that out yeah. on Twitter, 54 Crazy. to 34, which I was surprised. I wasn't watching a box score during the game and to have that level of advantage, even with Giannis obviously struggling was surprising to me. Although um, obviously Giannis not scoring anything from from three three point land, you know, meant that I think uh, he hit that early long two from the corner against Embiid for the first shot of the game. But otherwise, obviously, pretty much everything he was getting was was at the rim. And then um, you know some some other guys being able to pop in and, and able to get to the basket a little bit. But uh, for the most part, yeah, it felt like Embiid really you know dictated the 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 terms of engagement uh, in the half court. And especially for Giannis, um, and and that's the irony, right? I mean, I, I, 
you know, I was um, reading some of the discussion on Twitter a little bit as I wasn't on Twitter much during the game, but, you know, asking, well, you know, Buck should have done something, figured out something different to start the third quarter. And I mean, part of the challenge is, you know, Giannis had a wide open three pointer from the top whenever he wanted it. And he could pretty much dribble drive at Embiid whenever he wanted it. And, you know, this offense is predicated on Giannis. Basically, if the other team gives you a one-on-one at the top against Giannis, that's what you, that's kind of what you want. Right. And Philly's just different in that they can actually have their, their center just sort of back up and, and make life difficult on Giannis. And you mentioned him missing some shots. I think he was four out of 10 at the point where, um, in the second quarter, Embiid was out, Horford was in, Giannis worked his way under the basket and had a, not an easy layup attempt, but he missed it kind of, he was a little pinned under the basket, goes up, should have finished, misses it, gets the ball back, and then yeah. blows another layup right there. And I think that was kind of when like the game completely sort of, some, some, some it's like something happened there. Like his shot, you know, he, he just did not seem able to hit anything other than a layup or a dunk. Um, you know, after that, that early jump shot from the corner um, and, you know, just missing some of those shots inside and beat got him very well on a Euro step that he blocked uh, and beat ripped him um, when he was going up for a shot shortly thereafter. They had a couple other examples like that where guys just sort of stripped him. And then of course, you know, the, in, the injury to insult in the fourth quarter where he just gets raked across the face, gets knocked to the ground and, and no call eventually earns a technical um, for, for his troubles on that. But that was, he was sort of probably building, you know, if, if they're up five points at that point, does, does he get that technical? Maybe not. Um, so yeah, it just was one of those games where it just felt like he didn't have any, I mean, he's not a guy, you know, I mean, we talk a lot about the three point shooting, but sort of that, like, you know, non rim, like restricted area, short shots, like when he's not laying it up or dunking it, he doesn't have great touch. You know, we talked about the other day, Anthony Davis, sort of the opposite, right? <laughs> like Davis yeah. doesn't get to the rim as well as Giannis, but he's got all those floaters and runners and, you know, Giannis, um, he missed some hook shots today. He missed some bunnies today. Um, you know, he, he did get that one, that one step back in the third quarter that kind of eased its way over the rim to go down. But for the most part, um, you know, it was not obviously just a layup line for him. He obviously, uh, you know, especially that one sensational full court dunk um, in the second quarter, I think it was, or maybe it was the end of the first or second quarter. I can't remember. I think it was second quarter. Um, but yeah, I mean, Philly, you know, made him work for it. And then Embiid obviously played well. And then, uh, you know, for the most part, obviously they, they cut off a lot of his other, his other angles. And again, I mean, you know, against 29 other teams, Giannis getting wide open threes and just one-on-one attempts from the top that's generally like kind of a recipe that, that he feasts on. Um, but tonight, you know, they weren't able to do it. They tried to get more pick and rolls for him going a little bit during the game. Um, but it just never seemed like he was able to ever really get going downhill with an advantage. And obviously part of that is obviously Embiid and the way that, that he, you know, can just use that size to, you know, just be that immovable object around, around the basket. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I think Giannis against Embiid, I mean, he can get probably a five to seven foot hook shot whenever he wants it. Uh, and, you know, you look back to that game in April when he scored 45, he hit some short mid range jumpers. He hit some hook shots, you know, hit some of those shots. Mm-hmm. And that was obviously a big reason why he was so effective in addition to hitting, I think three threes in that game tonight, doesn't hit any threes, doesn't get any of that sort of intermediate little, like, you know, sort of close touch shots to go down. And, you know, obviously that, that was a big part of the story and, and he couldn't get to the foul line either, you know, just two out of four from the free throw line, which Philly did a great job as much as they lost the battle of the paint. Philly did not foul at all. Just 12 fouls today, just six out of eight uh, free throws for the bucks overall. 
Um, Bucks were pretty, pretty respectable in that regard too. I mean, Embiid just six free throw attempts, which you'd feel good about. Philly just 12 out of 15. So, you know, that, that's actually, you know, as much as Philly had an advantage there, it wasn't, um, it wasn't a huge, huge difference. And so, yeah, I mean, so obviously so much of this comes down to three point shooting um, where, you know, Philly 21 out of 44 bucks were okay. I mean, 13 out of 33, that's not the volume you expect bucks to, to shoot, but Philly has been very, very good at limiting opponent three point shot shooting attempts this year. So, um, you know, you probably could live with that 13 out of 33, but obviously Philly just going nuts, hitting, hitting lots of threes, Fork on Korkmaz, four out of five, including a four point play. I mean, um, that and Tobias Harris going five out of seven and B three out of six. I mean, you know, it was just, um, it was just one of those games where that obviously made life very difficult. And so even though the Bucks have a 52% to 40% advantage on two point shots, which didn't really feel like it, but I mean, that's, that's the kind of recipe that we typically see as like, okay, that's how the Bucks win these games, right? Like, okay, you can shoot your threes. And even if the Bucks give up more three, even if the other team makes more threes, the Bucks just, you know, play the math game in, as far as the paint goes and forcing you into lots of mid-range jump shots. And um, obviously, you know, the inside the arc story was actually pretty favorable for the Bucks, even with Giannis struggling so much. But, um, you know, give credit to Philly. I mean, you know, we say it, it's a make or miss league. Right. Like I'm not going to sit here and say, Oh, Philly just got lucky. Well, I mean, the point is to make shots. And again, is this sustainable for Philly to make 21 three threes game after game after game? No. Um, You know, in that regard, it felt a little bit like uh, that first game against the Celtics last year when they hit, I think it was, might've been 21 threes as well. Um, Or maybe maybe it was 24, maybe was it 24 threes? I don't know. The Celtics hit 20 plus threes in that first game in Boston last year. And, at, you know, I remember that point was like, oh, you know, the Bucks are, are too, too flawed defensively. It doesn't work, you know, when teams shoot threes or, you know, pick and pop bigs. And um, obviously, since then, history has suggested it, it can work. Um, but again, you're, you will be susceptible if the other team shoots well, then this is what can happen. And, and obviously, we saw the Bucks go to a zone defense, which teams have used against Philly to a fair bit of success lately. Um, and it kind of helped them get back into the game there towards in the fourth quarter I don't I don't know how much of that was purely the zone versus maybe a little bit of complacency from Philly being up so much as well uh and Embiid getting that fifth fouler in the fourth didn't help but um you know Bucks eventually kind of did some different things but you know fundamentally I mean it just kind of comes down to Giannis was not his usual self and Philly obviously played well and made shots and you know again uh, you hope that this that's not going to happen in a, in a typical game if you meet them in the playoffs but um you know there's there's definitely some some things you can take away probably do better next game for sure uh and then other things that you know maybe you just say well that's just how this game went yeah and we always talk about the numbers game a lot particularly uh, in these one-off regular season games because it's not to uh, dismiss what Philadelphia did because uh, I think the good thing about this game is you do learn a lot, particularly offensively, from this game and, and look at ways how uh, Giannis can be better and how he can he can find a way to to finish in the paint. But, I mean, there's no doubt. If, you, if I told you before this game that the Bucs uh, lead the points in the paint 54-34, to 34, uh, you probably think that the Bucks are going to win this game because uh, when we look at the Sixers roster and the fact that they're only been getting up 29 threes a night, they've only been making 10 threes a night. It just, the math game, as you, as you pointed to with the way that the Bucks shoot the ball is going to tell you that Milwaukee are probably going to win that game. And, and the stat that uh, I looked up after the game that you sort of already pointed to was 
Uh, the Bucks were 26-3 and three coming into this game when they lead the points in the paint battle by 20-plus. Interestingly enough, one of those losses was against Dallas <laughs> last week. It was a recent one. but and, and one of the other games was that Boston game that you already pointed to early in the, in the season uh, last year. So, you know, the numbers tell you that the Bucks probably... For the most part, some of those threes were obviously a little too far open. And I think at times, the Milwaukee became a little bit too fixated on Embiid uh, in the paint. And that caused them to to be open to an, an easy ball swing and an open three. But at the same time, uh, the sixes, as you sort of pointed to, uh, they're not going to be able to rely on 21 made threes across a seven-game series because this is by far their best shooting night of the season. They hadn't made more than 13 threes in a game before tonight. But I also agree. I think it's a good point you make about uh, the Bucks' offense and Bud because I also saw some people saying, well, Bud didn't really make adjustments. And I think tonight was a, was a night where we really saw, I mean, we always focus on offensively, but I think, uh, sorry, defensively with Eric Bledsoe, but I think on, on offense, the Bucks missed his ability to sort of penetrate and, and get defenders moving and, and just get some other looks for guys because uh, outside of George Hill, who obviously was fantastic, six for seven, and he got a couple of those floaters to go. Uh, there really was no other guys that were able to get looks in uh, th- uh, through dribble penetration. And I, I, I kind of agree. It was different to me from last year's Eastern Conference Finals where Giannis found himself a lot in the post and then he was double and triple teamed. I mean, Giannis was able to go uh, at Embiid a lot. And there was just times where he just was getting unusually stripped or throwing up tough shots, getting to the basket, which is not what we're used to seeing with Giannis at all. So I, I, I'm not sure what else uh, the Bucks would have wanted from specifically Giannis in terms of, of getting him good looks and getting him in positions where he can score. Unfortunately, uh, he didn't just make the basket. But I do think that uh, tonight you saw the limitation a little bit of having Wesley Matthews and Dante DiVincenzo in the starting lineup because uh, both of those guys, you do need them to be shooting. And you need them to be a threat from the outside. And, and we've spoke so much about Wesley Matthews' impact. And early in the season, he was having those weird games where he wasn't shooting a lot and was just kind of a body out there. Uh, tonight, again, was one of them. He only gets one three-point attempt up. Dante has two. Uh, they missed both of those. And, and they probably lacked that other guy that can do something with the ball in his hands himself tonight, I thought. Yeah, I... Um... It was interesting, you know, Wes was defending Horford for yeah. a lot of this game. Uh, and it was interesting. Horford goes three out of seven on threes and 0 for five on twos, which was obviously sort of a strange, strange result uh, from Al. I mean, obviously we know he can shoot threes. He had a step back three at one point. Um, but, you know, 11 points on 12 shots. He's probably, uh, you know, him and Richardson ultimately weren't weren't very efficient, even though they actually shot three ball pretty well. And, and that was where a lot of the Bucks effectiveness um inside the air kind of came on stopping those guys um you know horford i think was yeah he's the only starter who was a minus uh for the rap for the uh sixers so as far as you know what happened when those guys were on the court you know obviously the the big runs and everything didn't didn't tend to not happen as much against horford um and part of that too is also just in that fourth quarter a lot of the comeback came with horford on the floor and and Embiid sitting so um you know, again, Bledsoe's a weird matchup against the Sixers yeah. just because there isn't an obvious guy for him to guard. I mean, presumably he would guard Josh Richardson, um, you know, just based on obviously Simmons being the point guard effectively. But Giannis, you like to put Giannis on Simmons um, since he can kind of rove off of him to a large extent. Um, so, yeah, that would have been fine. But, I mean, 
you know, Bledsoe trying to get to the rim with Embiid hanging off of Giannis. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't think this is really a good matchup for, for Eric Bledsoe, to be honest, um, when you think about what Bledsoe likes to do. So obviously you would have liked to have, you know, another guy out there who can create a little bit and get to the rim and maybe get some scoring going. But, um, you know, this wasn't obviously kind of not a natural matchup game for, for Bledsoe either. But that said, obviously, when you're, you know, starting shooting guards, or sorry, starting backcourt goes 0 for 3 from 3 in 51 combined minutes, you know, it's not just a lack of a 3 made. It's also just, well, how do they only get off three three threes? And um, obviously a big part of that starts with Embiid being able to defend Giannis one-on-one and, and not having to have other guys um, sag off and, and help out. Uh, and that's a big reason why the Sixers don't give up many threes at all is just because they're three-point attempts, just because they can kind of play you honest and they don't have to, you know, help and, and do some of the things that we see, for instance, the Bucks do with the way that they play. So, um, so yeah, I mean, Dante had a couple – couple buckets early got a dunk um you know with some ball movement but for the most part obviously uh yeah the backcourt was, was you know i don't think anybody would look at you know, a starting backcourt of divincenzo and matthews as being the preferred backcourt of a championship uh, title contending team uh and tonight obviously we saw part of uh, part of the limitation on that even though matthews you know i don't think it was necessarily a, a big defensive limitation but um but you know i think you also look at some of the other numbers here um, the offensive rebounding percentage wise actually didn't end up being horrible for the Bucks. Um, they had a defensive rebound rate of, of 74% in this game, um, which isn't like a disaster, but that's certainly below what they normally are. Um, 14 offensive rebounds uh, for the Sixers. And, and again, part of that is also just because three point shooting a lot of long rebounds, right? I mean, James Ennis led the Sixers in offensive rebounds with three. So it's not like this was just a matter of Embiid just being enormous and bullying people down in the paint. Um, but again, whether, whether it's luck or some other excuse you want to think of bucks normally do much better in the uh, defensive rebounding department. And the other thing, you know, bucks were good, only 10 turnovers, uh, in this game, but the flip side was, uh, you know, Philly, which has, has periods where they have tons of, of, uh, turnover problems, you know, Embiid and Simmons have historically had at times major problems coughing the ball up just seven total turnovers or eight team turnovers, seven individual turnovers um, by Philly tonight, which, you know, again, you just sort of like stack up all these little things, right? Well, you have that three point advantage. You have a, an advantage from the free throw line. You have an advantage on the turnover side. Um, you know, you kind of stack up all those things, second chances with the offensive rebounds, you stack up all those things on top of each other. Then it means that, you know, the, the, what you have to overcome with your two-point shooting is just much higher. And again, even though the Bucks ultimately did make up points in that regard, um, you know, obviously them, you just do the math. It, it obviously was too much for, for them to ultimately overcome. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Bucks actually make one more shot than the Sixers, and yet they, they find half this game that they're down by 20 points. Uh, the other interesting player in this one was Brook Lopez. He plays 32 minutes. Uh, we've seen at times uh, his minutes be kept sort of in that 20 to, to 26 range. He, he has, uh, there's been matchups where I guess Bud sort of goes away from him a little bit. With the Sixers' size, I don't think that you can do that. So he's going to have to be a pretty major factor in this one. Uh, just the one block shot for him, which we, we know is low. I mean, particularly with this this last week, the way that uh, he's been defending. And again, I mean, if you look at the points in the paint, 34 points, and you already pointed to the fact that uh, the free throw differential wasn't a major factor. Only 15 free throws 
uh, attempted for Philly on the night. So defensively, you probably say, okay, well, look, Brooke Lopez was fine. And then the Bucks uh, paint defense did the job. And it, it's just interesting that when you have a guy like Embiid that, you know, we, we talk about Giannis in the post and his little fadeaway and his jump shots. I mean, Embiid is really good in, in that range. And, and while I still think that if, if your choice of shot giving up to Embiid is, is going to be in the paint or, uh, you know, at the rim or in the mid-range or three-point, you're going to take that. Tonight, Embiid did a good job of knocking those down. But I don't know. I mean, this is clearly... If, if the Bucs were to meet the Sixers down the road in a playoff series, I mean, Brook Lopez is going to have to be a major factor defensively. Um, it kind of... It always feels like his, his impact is underrated. But again, tonight, if you look at the numbers, it was probably a reasonable night for him, even though he didn't feel like he, he was a major factor or, or a difference maker as he has been so visibly in, in some of these other games, particularly if you think back to the Lakers game last week. Yeah, I mean, I thought Brooke actually, I mean, he did a nice job staying down on Embiid's pump fakes, which historically have been uh, an area where, you know, Embiid has gotten guys, including Bucks, to to kind of bite and and let him get going to the paint. Um, So, you know, I think to some extent it's a little bit of a hat tip type thing. I mean, if Embiid hits three out of six threes, you know, I mean, you you kind of live with that to to a large extent. You know, there was that play, I think it was late in the first quarter where – you know, Pat Connaughton blocks, I don't remember if it was Richardson or somebody um, on a perimeter three-point shot and the ball comes right back to Embiid who launches it at the, I think it was the shot clock buzzer for, for a three. And, you know, just play some plays like that just kind of go against you and and it just obviously becomes a, a higher mountain to try to climb um, if you're, you know, a team like the Bucks. And so I, I don't know really if there's, you know, defensively if I have that many complaints um, yeah, about no, the really. way the Bucks, you know, the way the Bucks kind of played played uh played uh joel i mean i know he had one dunk or maybe two dunk. he had an alley-oop and then like a putback dunk um but again it wasn't like he was just living in the paint you know feasting with his size um this was more of a skill type game he had a lot of mid-range jump shots which you know again he has the ability to do that but you kind of you know i think to a large extent just say you know if that's the way you, you want to beat us and then, then that's okay and i think not fouling him a ton obviously was i think uh, an important thing today as well just six total free throws um but ultimately i mean you know Embiid was great uh 31 points and i think the defense was much more important than than the offense and just the way he was able to frustrate Giannis and kind of push him out of his comfort zone a little bit and then Giannis just never getting anything going and obviously um you know it's one of those things i mean Giannis the threes Giannis hit against the Lakers are far more difficult than the ones he was missing yeah. today um and this is kind of the issue when you know you, your game becomes maybe a little bit more three-point dependent um, then obviously your variance is, is going to be a little bit higher. But, you know, as you said tonight, I mean, you know, this is really bad uh, inside the arc too, right? Eight out of 20 is is way worse than uh, than what you normally I mean. He's normally, what, 64, 65% two-point shooter. And tonight, you know, 40% on twos. So that's that's obviously a big issue. And I think some of those twos, to be honest, were like, you know, balls where he was like stripped at the waist and the Philly scorekeeper decided to give the, the Sixers block shots on it. So, um, you know, maybe... Maybe it wasn't quite as bad as that. Probably some of those should have been turnovers. Um, but overall, um, yeah, I mean, this was this was a game that probably Giannis is going to remember. And, um, you know, uh, obviously you just hope that the next next game and also the next time you play the Sixers, which is will be a little while um, from now, that uh, that you come out and you maybe have a little bit different approach. And, and again, that might be – maybe running some different actions. I mean, part of the problem is like if Embiid's guarding you, then there's, you're not going to do anything in the post. Right. I mean, that completely, there's pretty much three things the Bucks generally do for Giannis and it's 
obviously they give him the ball at the top of the key and let him work from there. They give him the ball in the post and they run pick and rolls with him. Right. So, I mean, not to completely oversimplify what they typically do. There's other actions you could run. Obviously there's like ATO type stuff, lobs, things like that. Um, again, but if, yeah, if, you know, if Embiid's not, not coming out to guard Giannis, well, you're not going to be able to run a backdoor for an alley-oop on him or something like that either. So uh, everything becomes a little harder. And I think even when Middleton and Giannis were running some pick and rolls, you kind of saw it like they were pretty much giving Chris, I mean, they for, kind of forced Chris to shoot little runners and kind of took away the the pocket pass to Giannis a bit as well that way too. And, you know, that was part of how Chris got going really in that, in that second half was hitting a couple of those runners on pick and rolls. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think again, just Philly, Philly just pretty much said, all right, you can shoot threes and, you know, you can drive right at our, our big man. And for the most part, obviously the Bucks. Um, I think maybe the one question would be, you know, is there something you can do to change the matchup a little bit more so that Embiid is not being able to to be the guy guarding Giannis and, and obviously getting out in transition, trying to get Giannis, um, you know, matched up against posting up a smaller guy by you know, basically running to the rim early in transition, things like that. That that would obviously be something you could do. Um, but you know, again, a lot of this just comes down to like, can Giannis score on Embiid and tonight? Obviously, the answer was no. Yeah, and 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 look tonight again. Uh, we've already pointed to it. It, it is a, it's a strange box score to look at because you see forty eight shot attempts between Middleton and Giannis, so they take more than fifty percent of the Bucks shots. That's not something that's uh, you know generally common with this team. It's it's normally a, a lot lower than that for for Milwaukee. They average around thirty three shots out of the Bucks ninety one per game. So that percentage was a lot higher tonight, and I think some of that was what you pointed to. It was also some. Uh, of the fact that that Middleton got hot late when you know the Bucks were threatening to make some sort of run, but it, I mean it would have been some sort of Christmas miracle if they came back and and won that one in the fourth quarter. But this is one of the things that said when we spoke about this that I, I think there's only four or five teams in the league. Maybe you know maybe that's that's a bit low. I'm not too sure that the Bucks can genuinely take lessons from from regular seasons games, win or lose. Because a lot of the times you're just going to give the ball to Giannis and they don't have the personnel to stop him and you're just going to win. And we've seen the Bucks not necessarily play well and still pull out double-digit wins because uh, the, the talent overwhelms teams. And the Sixers are one of, one of those teams that that's going to be difficult to do because they do have the defensive tools. And I think from that point of view, this is going to be great for the Bucks to uh, see a, a fully engaged Sixers team because... Coming into this game, they were, we know they have the potential to be the number one defense in the league. They were only ranked sixth, and I've seen this Sixers team go through the motions in, in many games where they don't look great, even defensively, but they came ready to play tonight. They were, they were switched on defensively, and I think that's a good thing for Giannis and the Bucs to see, okay, well, how are we, how we going to work around this? And these teams still play each other multiple times through the regular season before potentially they even get uh, to a playoff series. So not to... Uh, diminish the fact that you would have loved a win on Christmas Day and a big Giannis performance. Uh, I just think that at times this team is going to need to go through these these games and figure out, okay, well, what are we going to see in the playoffs? Because they maybe lacked that last year. And this is why I think we do a decent job of, even in the, in the Clippers win and the Lakers win, of pointing out that, okay, against the Clippers, the bench was completely on fire. Is that going to happen across seven games against the Lakers? Giannis shoots five threes. Is that going to happen in the playoffs? Like You have to look at all these things regardless of the result. I think there's plenty of lessons to be taken from today. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I mean, I think that's why, you know, the, the wins over the Lakers and the Clippers were fun. But again, these are all one game, one-off yeah. regular season games at the end of the day. And I think 
you know, to the extent you see something, you uh, figure out something that maybe you need to work on or need to be aware of or a matchup that you need to handle differently in case you play that team in the playoffs. I think that's important to take from these games. Um, but again, to, you know, I don't think, you know, we would say that that Clipper win was reflective of how much better the Clippers are than, or how much better the Bucks are yeah. than the Clippers, something like that. I mean, just didn't seem like the Clippers, like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard were really up for that game in the way that you would have expected. And, you know, credit the Bucks, just like today, credit the Sixers. It just seemed like one team just came out more aggressive and obviously just also um, making shots. <laughs> like, you know, you, you make shots night in, night out, then, you know, you're going to, you're going to, it's going to reflect in your record and you're, you're going to obviously be a very good team. And if you can stop the other team from doing that, which the Bucks have been doing obviously very well over the course of the season, I mean, the, the numbers speak for themselves. So, um, so yeah, I think, uh, I think certainly, you know, uh, for Giannis, um, it will be interesting to see what, what he looks like the next time these teams play each other. Um, obviously the Embiid matchup per se has not stopped the Bucks from scoring a lot of points with Giannis the last two games prior to this one. Um, even though as, as we've discussed, I don't think it was because Embiid, had trouble with Giannis per se. So, um, so we'll see also, you know, there was a talk Giannis, there was, you could see him mouthing on camera during the warm up of yeah. that his back was, was bothering him. Um, he's had a couple games where, uh, you know, he's been on the injury report with, with back soreness. Um, so that's a bit new this season. We really haven't heard about this in previous years that I can recall. So again, uh, you know, I'm I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh, that's why Giannis, you know, had his worst offensive game of the season. Um, you know, ultimately he played. You know, he made a couple plays. Obviously, like that that first half transition dunk where you know <laughs> he didn't look like he was having yeah. a back problem in that game. You know, missing threes. Again, he's been making them of late. So, um, I, you know, I have a hard time kind of blaming too much of it on on that. So, um, it, that that is kind of what it is. You know, hopefully that's not something that we keep seeing on the injury report, um, you know, in this game, he leaves the game with three minutes left, finishes just playing 30 minutes. I think he played 15 minutes in the first half. And this is obviously a question for Bud. Um, you know, again, he just does not play his stars nearly as much as, uh, as probably most teams do. And we complained about in the postseason, even when Giannis' minutes went up, that, you know, he really wasn't riding uh, his main guys as much as, as, you know, whether obviously Nick nurse being the, the obvious guy um, in that Eastern finals uh, series. So again, kind of when these big regular season games come, come along as well. Um, kind of wonder a little bit like, you know, what is it going to take here? Um, because especially with the bucks going down big in that second quarter, um, you know, they were kind of sticking to a lot of the same rotations. We saw more of the, you know, all bench units in both the first and second quarters. And I don't know. I just, I'm just not really sure if that's, again, that's probably the, the rotation thing that probably worries me the most. Cause I just don't think as much as those guys, I think have, you know, they play the right way. Um, I, I just, I'm just skeptical. They have the firepower, especially going against opponents that are not going to do the same thing. Um, you know, when it comes to the playoffs, like, you know, I, I'm, I, you know, like Ben Simmons going against Urson, like I just, that's just not going to work for, for extended stretches unless you've got help for, for Ursan out there. Right. So, um, so I don't know. It's, it's something I'm, I'm a bit worried about. Um, you did mention Brooke. I mean, Brooke always, I think Oh, for four to start the game, um, you know, was very quiet. I think he was scoreless in the first half. Um, then he really, has 11. He's really struggling to finish at the rim lately. Like big. Dunk. Yeah. Yeah. He had a couple bunnies that, that he missed. Um, 
but did his three point shooting continues to, to look good? Um, although it was a bit of a delayed start today, three out of five, I think all those came in the second half, four out of eight overall hit a kind of, you know, short, uh, hook shot over Al Horford at one point, but yeah, if I think the only has only misses, <laughs> he, otherwise he, he missed, uh, I think one or two close to the basket early, um, that, you know, it felt like, man, those would, would have been nice to sort of kind of stop the bleeding a little bit. So, um, Again, I guess the upside is, you know, Brooke didn't have a, a complete zero game, but took certainly longer than you'd have liked in this game. He ended up plus five, interestingly, the only Buck starter in positive, uh, in the positive plus minus column, which, you know, again, take from that what you will. Um, and I thought the only other guy I want to point out, um, Sterling Brown, who I think deservedly has fallen down the rotation ranks a bit. Uh, he comes in, plays 12 minutes in the second half. Um, and I thought I actually gave them a nice little, nice little shove. I mean, he had an and one driving right at Embiid, which, you know, felt like the first time all game that a guy went at Embiid for the Bucks and actually finished, <laughs> um, which is, uh, is not something I, I did not have Sterling Brown in the, you know, only guy who can score driving at <laughs> Embiid pool. Um, so he scores seven points on four shots in 12 minutes plus 15. So again, things kind of went, you know, happened to go the Bucks way while he was in again. I think a lot of that was probably opponent indifference, um, but we'll see. I mean, he's obviously a guy who's going to have to keep doing this if he wants to, to scratch his way back in rotation. Kyle Korver hit a, a three in the first half, but um, you know, otherwise pretty quiet, pretty quiet night from Kyle and his return to Philly. Uh, and I think you mentioned George Hill. I mean, <laughs> six out of seven, 15 points for shooting. Obviously he's, he's really important, especially when, um, especially when, um, Bledsoe is out here and having to have some something from uh, you know your backup point guard, but um, you know ultimately even even Middleton and, and Hill obviously having very good shooting games overall, not uh, not enough for the Bucks. Um, you know, end up being a little bit below average on offensive rating terms, uh, 111 offensive rating. Uh, obviously, you know if Giannis is anything close to his usual self, then you feel pretty good about where you're going to be. But um, but yeah, I, I guess if we just come full circle, I mean. Christmas Day, this is where the stars come out to shine. Giannis has typically been a guy that has done that, um, you know, playing uh, when the lights are bright, especially in the regular season. But tonight didn't happen. He was just roundly outplayed by, by Joel Embiid on both ends. And, um, you know, obviously you hope that his back is all right. You hope that his eye is okay after getting raked in the face. Um, and, you know, onward and upward here. They, they got a couple of days off and then back, uh, back at it. Yeah, so just a, a couple of notes, I guess, to tidy all this up. Uh, ESPN Stats and Info has said that, uh, as we already pointed to, it's franchise or tied franchise record for three from Philly, but they also said this is the first time in Giannis' career that he has missed more than 18 shots in a game. So, uh, you know, it feels really weird when, <laughs> when he's uh, missing more shots than uh, he's making, but the eight for 27 tonight. Uh, is his worst shooting night in his career. And uh, he did have a game earlier in the season. He was 9 for 27 uh, against Portland where, where the Bucks still win. But, of course, that was the game where he still had 19 rebounds and 15 assists. So he, he sort of made up for the, for, the, for the shooting on that one and, and had, some, had some help from some guys hitting some shots. And then just on the eye that you just mentioned, Eric just tweeted uh, what Giannis had to say about that post game. He said, what I know is that I drove the lane and all of a sudden everything went black. I felt something hitting my eye. I didn't know if it was fingers, his palm and elbow. I didn't know what it was. I had a little difficulty seeing after that, but I'm good. I think it's just a scratch. So I don't know. I mean, I was personally surprised just with the game situation that he came back in 
at that point anyway. But uh, fingers crossed he will be good to see Atlanta in a, in a couple of days' time uh, back in Milwaukee. But uh, speaking of in Milwaukee or in Wisconsin, you're, you're still there for now. It's What is it now? It's uh, nearly... 5 p.m. Does that sound right on Christmas Day? What 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 else have you got on? Hopefully, uh, <laughs> hopefully it's it's about to you know become a little more positive than the last couple of hours here. We we have our Christmas dinner, our turkey dinner here coming up in an hour, so I look forward to that. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't I don't know how much more basketball I'm going to watch today, just because <laughs> I've got that. Obviously, we've got family all here, and um, I mean we're missing what the Rockets and the Santa Cruz Warriors oh, right yeah, now, man, I believe. God. Um, so between this game and the, uh, fact that the Pelicans have a game later today, uh, yeah, a couple of these games are obviously not going to be of, of very much interest, uh, to, uh, you know, fans in, in search of, of good basketball, I guess the Rockets not, not winning by too much right now. So who knows, maybe the, the Santa Cruz Warriors can, uh, can put up a good effort, but, um, but yeah, so far really no good games. Um, no. you know, Raptors <laughs> have all those injuries. Celtics beat uh, the injury-riddled Raptors earlier today. Sixers beat the, uh, I don't know what you want to call the Bucks uh, effort today, but obviously not good enough. And, um, you know, sounds like LeBron and AD are going to play against the Clippers tonight, but that's probably the only game uh, that has any hope of being of any interest, really, with the Nuggets and Pelicans being the nightcap. I think everybody's going to be pretty much, uh, you know, zonked out and, and not, not watching at that point. Yeah, no pressure, uh, Lakers and Clippers. Uh, you better, uh, you better put on some sort of show. The NBA. Pretty sure Adam Silver will be hoping something good happens in that game because it's, uh, yeah, it's not panning out to be the most memorable Christmas Day for for basketball on the court. But uh, we, we will leave it there. I'm going to let you go hang out with your family. Thanks for thanks for taking the time to jump on straight after this game, Frank. Have a good rest of your Christmas. Merry Christmas to all the listeners. Hopefully. Uh, you know this this Bucks game didn't didn't bring down your day too much, but uh, we'll be back. Like I said, the Bucks twenty seven and five now. They got the Hawks up next, but for Frank Madden and myself, Kane Pippen, we'll speak to you guys tomorrow.